This morning's scripture comes from the book of Luke, 8th chapter, beginning in verse 22. One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went down and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? This is the word of our Lord. Thank you guys can have a seat. <clears throat> it's interesting, the topic that we're going to be covering this morning, um, based on the morning that I have had, um, I had a message prepared for youth tonight, which is what you're going to hear, um, on anxiety. Uh, we just finished a sermon series, and I thought, you know what, I know a lot of students are dealing with this, so we were going to talk about anxiety, um, and then this morning... At about 7.28, and I say about and give you the exact number, you know, at about 7.28, I got a text from Jerry, uh, and if you're watching, I hope you're feeling better, or get to feeling better, but got a text from him, and, and he said, hey, feeling a little rough, I've been up a little bit since 1.30, um, so just wanted to let you know I won't be in until later, and I was like, well, man, I, I've, I've got a, a message that for youth ready if you want me to do it, and he said, I think I'm good. Um, so, okay. Uh, meanwhile, I had woken up at about three uh, with a sick 10-month-old um, and, and fell back asleep maybe around four or five-ish and then woke up at seven uh, and was, I thought everything was good. So when he texted that and said, I'll let you know in five minutes if I'm going to be okay, he told me that, I immediately started down in coffee. So like, if I'm shaking this morning, I'm not nervous. I've had nothing to eat and I've, and I've drunk a lot of coffee. So, um, so he, and then he texted me back and he said, hey man, I'm good. So I, I plan on coming in and still had a sick baby. So I was going to take him to my, my mother-in-law who lives in Marion. Um, and I was halfway there and said, hey, you know what? I think I just need to stay home with him. So text him back and said, hey, if James is good to cover some things, I'll, I'll, I'll stay home. Get back home, put, on my, uh, put, put, put Lucas in a new outfit that he can just kind of chill in because he's been sick the last couple of days, put on some, some comfortable clothes, made a new pot of coffee. You know, I was going to watch on Facebook here. I was going to do a lot of things, get a call from Jerry. And he said, man, I stood up and about passed out. So this was at 838 and said, I, I'm, I'm going to need you to actually do this. So I call my mother-in-law and say, hey, and if you're watching, thank you uh, uh, for doing this. I call her and say, can you come back and can you come pick him up? I've got to go in this morning. Um, so start on the, so I, I, I get him ready. They come pick him up, go out the door, get a mile down the road and realize that I'd had a fresh pot of coffee made. So I'm going to be honest with you. I, I turned around and went back and got it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I should have been here. I got here a little bit later than I was anticipating, but it was worth every sip um, as I was on my way here. So that's where we find ourselves right now. Um, we're going to see how this works. Um, we're going to find out how this goes. But um, we are going to be talking about anxiety. Um, and it's something that 
I know many of you uh, deal with because I know many students uh, deal with anxiety. Um, you know, there are recent studies that talk about how anxiety is just rampant, especially among teenagers, um, with pressure that's placed on them, with uh, worry that they face. But as parents of those teenagers and, and many of you uh, who know many of them, it, it, it doesn't just stop with them. Anxiety is something all of us face. Anxiety is something that all of us deal with. And this morning, that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, so I want to start this morning just going through a few places in Scripture before we go into Luke um, where Jesus and a few others talk about how to deal with this. In John 14, 1, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, listen, I don't want your hearts to be troubled because I'm about to leave, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. He tells his disciples for their hearts not to be troubled. Why? Because he knew they would be. John 14, just a few verses later in 27, he tells his disciples once again not to let their hearts be troubled, but instead he brings peace. Matthew 14, Jesus' disciples are out on the sea and they see him come walking on water and they are afraid and they've been out there longer than they should have been. And he says, it is I, do not be afraid, which tells us that. His disciples were very afraid. In Psalm 23, that is a prayer. Many of you know it, but it is a prayer on how to deal with anxiety. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's not a good situation. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death, what does David say next? I will fear no evil. David, who also had much reason to be anxious when he was captured, by his enemy, wrote Psalm 56 and verses 3 and 4 say, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? In the same Psalm, he says, You have kept count of my tossings, put tears in your bottle, and are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? In uh, first, excuse me, Second Timothy, Paul, who's awaiting sentencing and death because of his belief in Jesus, writes to his son in the faith, Timothy, and says, Hey, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, so don't be afraid. And then as Moses is about to pass on in Deuteronomy 31, Moses is about to pass on. Joshua is going to uh, be the next in command. Moses tells Joshua several times, listen, don't be afraid. See, today I'm going to be talking about something we face because anxiety is real. Anxiety is here. Many of you battle it daily. And I would even say, if there are strong names, David, Joshua, Moses, uh, the disciples, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, who dealt with anxiety, you and I do too. Anxiety is not something that, that is out there. It is, it's, it's in here. And I want you to know this. If you suffer from anxiety or deal with it, you are not a lesser human being. 
You are not a lesser Christian if you deal with anxiety. Because I'll share a little bit later about my own bout with it, but today I want to take us through a short story from the book of Luke that Luke writes, that Luke does write, and he, he tells us about a time when, when you are dealing with anxiety, how you can look to Jesus to, to deal with it and perhaps even overcome it. So look in your Bible, if you will, Luke chapter 8, as Scott has read for us, Luke 8, 22, and I'm sorry for you note takers, there will be nothing on the screen as I, I got here too late to put this stuff in. So if you are a note taker and you write everything that's on the screen, you'll have to decipher what you should write this morning. There are a few things that, that you can. But I want to start with what is going on. Jesus and his disciples got into a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and, and Jesus went and found himself a nice, nice comfortable place to, 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 to rest. Um, Jesus had been healing people. He had been preaching to crowds. He had been uh, dealing with a lot. So naturally, he did like most of us do when we get tired. He wanted to take a nap. So he found a cushion, and he laid down, and he falls asleep. But the problem is on the Sea of Galilee, storms can pop up in moments. They, they can happen really fast. I remember working right down the road here. I used to do construction right out of high school and working right down the road, right at the base of Mackie Mountain. And I, I remember that when we, were, we would be working, and if you heard thunder, like just, just a crack of thunder, we, we started counting this. You had less than two minutes to get your tools up and get in the truck. We only made that mistake once, thinking that we could keep on working, but it would pop up really quickly. The storm would come over that mountain over there, and it would just be a, a strong thunderstorm really quickly, and that's the same way on the Sea of Galilee. They pop up really fast, and the disciples wanted to go across the, the lake, as it's called, or the sea, and they thought they would so in a peaceful manner. But the problem is the Sea of Galilee is about 700 feet below sea level, and the mountains above it are several thousand feet above sea level. So you mix that, and what happens is that strong storms can come about very, very rapidly and be very fierce. Many times the waves are 15 to 20 feet high in a matter of moments. That's where the disciples uh, found themselves a nice day. Everything seemed to be in order. They were going to sail across the lake, have a little me time, and go over there and chill out for a little bit. And what happened is that a storm came up rather quickly, ferociously, and they didn't see it coming. Now think of their fear. Think of their fear with me. Not just, oh, wow, we're in a storm. But if our boat goes down, I will most likely die, but I won't just die quickly. I will be tossed back and forth, wondering if I'm going to make it, wondering if I can swim over this wave and they weren't just fearing death. They were fearing being lost in the middle of a body of water, worried if they would actually make it. And I would say there are many of you that have had or have that same feeling right now. Everything in your life seems to be in order or seemed to be in order. Nothing bad your, your, your grades are good, students. Uh, your, your, your family is good. Your job is great. Everything seems to be going well. And then, and then something happens. Perhaps it's a diagnosis you didn't see coming. 
Perhaps it is um, a spouse who, who came home and said they no longer love you. Perhaps for you students, it's, it's your parents who you overhear that conversation. And it makes you wonder what's going to happen next. Maybe um, you are dealing with several things that all seem to happen at one time. And you're not sure how to handle that. Though you have uh, a place to lay your head, though you have plenty of food to eat, though you have a phone that works, you're unable to be happy or have peace in this moment because you don't know what's going to happen next. Everything in life is fine until that relationship ends, until something happens in your life you feel is beginning to spiral downward. That's what's going on here. That's exactly what's going on here. Life is good until something unexpected came roaring onto the scene. The disciples, they do the right thing. They do, unlike what I would have done first, because my first thought is, 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 is typically pragmatic, and I would have begun throwing stuff overboard and thinking, how do we navigate this boat to shore? Now, maybe they, try, maybe they thought of that. Maybe they did that. But from the text, what we know is not that they would have handled it like I would have handled it. Hey, how do I, how do I make things in my life right Especially if you're someone like me who I want things in my world to be exactly how I think they should. That's how my mind functions. And maybe the disciples thought that, but what does the text tell us that they did? When they were facing anxiety, they didn't just sit down and have some self-talk. Okay, you can get through this. They didn't immediately try to figure out a way to, to get past what they were doing. Before they did anything, as far as we know, it says they ran to Jesus saying, Master, Master, I feel like I am dying. I do not know what to do. Before they thought of anything else that we're aware, they ran to the one that they thought could handle it. Before I keep going, if you are facing anxiety, is that, is that where you find yourself? Has it crossed your mind to think that's the person I need to run to? Because it's often good to hear from people who are close to us, but that's not the first place we should run. This is why Philippians 4, 6, and 7 say that when we take our anxiety to Jesus, what does he promise? Peace. The disciples came to him especially in Mark's account, we're looking at Luke, but in Mark's account, they came to him almost frustrated. They said, Master, Master, we're dying. We're going to drown. Do you not even care that we're going to drown? Jesus was asleep. So either he didn't hear them or they didn't hear Jesus over there snoring. But he had, he, he had, he had gone nowhere. And often what happens is because we don't hear Jesus speaking into a situation in our life, we assume or can assume that he's not there. The disciples could have thought the same thing. He was exhausted, so he needed a nap. And the disciples come running to him saying, we need you right now. The fact that Jesus could stay asleep during a massive storm doesn't mean he didn't care. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. This is crucial for our understanding of how to deal with anxiety. Jesus isn't scared of what it is that you're facing. 
As a matter of fact, what makes you anxious has to bow down to Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. Whatever it is that makes you anxious, whatever that may be, doesn't matter. Whatever that is, I'm not lessening what it is that you're facing. What I am saying is that whatever makes you anxious has to bow down to the creator of the world. Has to bow down to the person who created everything. Whatever makes you anxious has to bow down to Jesus. And verse 24 is the turning point. And let's not get over the fact that Jesus calmed a storm. If you've been in church for any length of time, you, you know this passage or you just like, yeah, Jesus calmed a storm. Whoa, wait a second. This morning, when I woke up, it was pouring down the rain. Like, I woke up because the rain was so heavy. The third or fourth time that I woke up, the rain was so heavy. And it's easy to think, yeah, the rain, I can look at the forecast and see that Tuesday is going to look really good. Wednesday's supposed to be nice. If Jesus wanted, he could do that and every bit of it stop. But we can easily lose sight of that because it's simply in the Bible and we kind of just know these biblical things. No, Jesus calmed a storm. He rebuked the weather. He told the weather to stop acting out. Kind of like if you tell your kids stop acting out and, and, and they stop because they're afraid of you, that's what the weather did. Jesus said stop, and the weather stopped. And then it says there was calm. Verse 24 says that he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was calm. How many of you long, you long for the calm in the midst of your anxiety? You long for it. And you can find yourself running, as I have done over the years, find yourself running to things that you think will help it, and it might help it in the moment, only until that thing is, is done, and then you realize that those anxious feelings and thoughts are still there. One of my go-tos for when I am facing anxiety is Psalm 62 Two, because it says, God alone is my rock and my fortress. I will not be greatly shaken. The word greatly there is key because anxiety can hit hard. And what causes anxiety can hit hard and bring much trouble along the way. But it doesn't have to devastate. Anxiety doesn't have to, to devastate. So then Jesus looks. After he calms the waves, he says, where is your faith? Now, if you're like me, when I first read that, it's easy to assume Jesus is like, if you'd had a little more faith, this wouldn't have bothered you. That's not what Jesus is saying. Because in our world, uh, there is a, a train of thought, that, that, a train of theology that, that teaches that if you just have a little more faith, your life can be much better. Oh, that would not have happened to you if you'd have just had a little more faith. That is false. That is a wrong way to view God and a wrong way to view theology. And what Jesus is saying, because the word faith here isn't like you and I need to have a little more. Jesus is asking them, do you not believe that I have power, including the power to save and to stop the weather? Do you not believe that? So I'll ask you that this morning. Do, do you believe that? Are you living under that belief? It's one thing to believe it and say, yeah, I think Jesus has the power to save. I think Jesus could stop the weather out here. No, are you living understanding that Jesus has that power? Because what this teaches is crucial. This teaches that we aren't in control of our own destinies. We have enough money, good health, uh, a safe life, and great friends, but we aren't in control of those things. We aren't. Because the moment an illness an accident, a natural disaster, an uncontrollable situation hits. 
The notion that we are in control is gone. We aren't. Are there areas of your life that you're trying to handle without Christ? Are there? Are you attempting to do things your way, trying to take it out of his hands so you can control your life the way you see fit? Because I'll say this, and if you're a note taker, this is something worth writing down. What drives out anxiety is not a greater sense of what you can do, but what drives out anxiety is a greater sense of the sovereignty and control of God. What drives out anxiety is not a greater sense of understanding who you are. It is a greater sense of the sovereignty and control of God. That's what can begin to drive out anxiety. Not that you have the ability to do so, but that Jesus is sovereign and in control of everything. When Christians have been persecuted throughout history, they prayed to be delivered from whatever storm they were facing. But their hope wasn't that persecution would end many times because it may not stop, but rather what Christians throughout history, if you read many Christian biographies or read any Christian history, what they prayed for is not simply that their persecution would stop. That's the right thing to pray. But they would also pray, you know what? Even though I hope that this persecution ends, if it does not, I know that Jesus has the power to bring us eternal rest forever. Even if it doesn't, they knew that Jesus had the power. Your, your faith and my faith in Christ isn't shown when you can sail across a, a common and, and, and glassy sea. Our faith in Christ is shown when storms cause 20 feet high waves. And that's not fun or exciting, but it's through those storms that your faith will grow. I'm not here to diminish uh, your faith or to diminish your anxiety, but when you face something that's big, it will either make your faith grow stronger if you have the right view, or it will make your faith grow lesser. And what we've got to remember is this, as I said earlier, what drives out anxiety is a greater sense of the sovereignty and control of God. Let me also say this, if there's a wave of thought out there that, that, that tends to have this, this thinking, and, and I hear it often, that why would a good God allow this to happen? Now, we could, we could talk about so many things revolving around that and be here until after the second service, but we're not. I just want to leave you with, with on, on that particular idea, I want to leave you with this thought. God can handle your questions. God can handle your fear. God can handle your anxiety. God can handle you coming to him saying, saying why is this happening? He, he's big enough to handle that. He, he's not worried about that. That doesn't bother him. But this is crucial. Why is it that when something bad happens, we say, why would God allow this? But when life is going great, he never gets credit. Here's what I mean. Whenever something bad happens, one of the first things that people often think is, hey, why would God allow this to happen? I can't believe a good God would allow this to happen, but everything that I've earned in life is due to my hard work and dedication. Now, that's a wrong view. Why is God, uh, uh, why is God the scapegoat for, for when bad things happen, but when everything is good, we assume that it's because we were able and because we did it? That's an intellectual trap. And honestly, it's just faulty thinking. Because if you can blame God for the bad, you better credit him for the good. 
But several years back, when, when I began to deal uh, with anxiety, I don't know what happened. There, there were several things that kind of came on at once, but, but it was the, the first, uh, I think it was maybe 2014, 2015, I don't remember exactly what year. But I remember I, I, w- I faced so much anxiety in, in the midst of, of a summer and about four or five months that what happened is, is I know I could, I could get in here and begin to try to work, and I legitimately couldn't do anything. Like, my mind wouldn't work. Like, I would try, and, like, I got through that time because, thankfully, um, I, I, some, of, some of what I do is just is things to prepare for, not really loads of, of thinking. And that's what I had to do. I, I couldn't think. Like, I was so anxious, I could not function like I remember functioning. And I remember thinking, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do to make my way out of this? And what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave you with this. There are several practical ways, I think, and there are probably, those of you who deal with it may have even better ways, but I just want to share with you several practical ways of how I have dealt with anxiety over the years. I try to share this with, 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 uh, with students when I counsel them or anyone else that I counsel with. This is one. The first one is this. I think of all the things that are making me anxious because often what can happen is there's, there, it feels like seven or eight things, but what it really is is two things, and the rest of them just kind of just kind of add on top of that, making something feel monstrous. But I think of everything, and I just write it down. Because what happens when I write it down is I actually begin to see, okay, that's not as bad as I thought. That, 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 that first thing, that's, that's pretty rough. And that's what's causing me the most trouble. But these other things that I feel like are huge are really not. So I write everything down. And then the second thing I do after that is I begin to pray, all right, God, I, I pray just, just situation by situation, whatever it is that's making me anxious. I write it down first so I can see it because what happens if it stays in our mind, we can think it's bigger than it really is. But when we write it down and see it, we realize that several things aren't as big as we thought. But I begin to pray for those things. I begin to pray, okay, God, this is, this is the thing that's really causing it. What that can also do is help you identify the, the source of your anxiety. But this is what's really causing my anxiety. And God, I'm going to need your help right here. These other things I'm going to pray about, but honestly, they're not as big. But God, I'm going to need your help right here. So I write them down. The second thing I do is, is or after I pray, so that's the second. The third thing I do is this. I remember that I'm not facing anxiety alone. And often you can, you can not want to share because you're afraid that when you share whatever it is that you're facing with somebody, that they're going to think you're crazy, that they're going to think, why are you so worried about that? But here's what you have to remember is like I said earlier, if these, if these just heroes of the Bible faced anxiety, then it's okay for you to face it too. Don't think that you're alone doing this. You've got to share whatever that is with someone who is going to give you godly counsel. And the last thing, and this is what I'll leave you with, the one thing that I try to do when I'm facing it is we've, you've heard over the last few years, we, we talk about a gospel prayer that was uh, originally uh, written by a pastor in, in Durham named J.D. Greer. But he, he says this, one part of the gospel prayer is this, I'll measure your compassion by the cross and your power by the resurrection. And one of the reasons I, I pray that when I'm facing anxiety is this, is because if I can remember that Jesus loved me enough to die for me, then I at least know that someone there cares for me. And then, also, coupled with that, if I know that he was God enough to do one thing that nobody else has ever done, and that's come back from the dead, I know he's powerful enough to handle what I'm facing. So I not only know he loves me enough to help me and be with me through it, I know he's powerful enough to handle it. So I would say this this morning as we're going to wrap up in just a second. If you face anxiety... 
If you are worried and you constantly have this anxious thought, I want you to remember that what drives it out is not whatever it is that you can do or whatever it is that you can think about controlling, but what drives it out is a greater sense that the Jesus who woke up and calmed a storm is the same Jesus that you could run to and say, Master, Master, I feel like I'm perishing. Will you help me? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. And thank you for caring for us enough to be with us through what it is we face. God, I I particularly pray for those people this morning who are dealing with anxiety right now. I pray that they wouldn't look for peace in other things, but they would run to you, the God of peace. Lord, whether it is a loss of someone, whether it's a medical situation, whether it's a a relational situation, God, I pray that every one of us here, whenever we face that or are in that right now, that we would remember to run to you. It doesn't mean anxiety will leave right then. God, we know that. But we know that you're the God of peace who promises peace in the midst of whatever craziness life throws at us. So Jesus, thank you. Lord, we will measure your compassion by the cross, and Jesus, ultimately, we will measure your power by the resurrection. Help us to be mindful of these things. In Jesus' name, amen.